Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. This is your life and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are breakfast. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Dean, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to chat. I know a lot of our listeners are familiar. They've heard the terms alkalinity. They're they're probably familiar with like, you know, an alkalizing diet, despite some of the controversy around that and whether or not that's even possible with our stomach acid. But I guess to kind of provide a foundation of understanding for what we're going to go into, maybe you could explain some of the differences between alkalinity and pH. And that will will help us to kind of make more sense of where we're going to take this conversation. Of course, this is one of the major factors that, that, um, that people have, um, that they're looking at it from the wrong point of view. Measuring pH does not measure alkalinity or acidity, right? And this is where a lot of people, uh, you know, get sort of caught up because we're all taught these scales that seven is neutral, uh, you know, zero to 14 is the, is the uh, traditional pH scale. So let's say seven is neutral, anything above seven is alkaline, anything below seven is acidic. That is completely wrong. Those scales are completely wrong. Now, pH and alkalinity and pH and acidity are very closely related, but they're separate scales altogether. So, for example, I'll give you an idea. Um, measuring pH, pH stands for potential or potenza or, you know, power of hydrogen. So what you're actually measuring there is you're measuring the transfer of hydrogen ions from one to another. So, for example, you get like, like these um, water ionizers. They get titanium plates into water. Mm-hmm. Now, water is H- H2O, hydrogen and oxygen. So when you put titanium plates in water, you put electricity through it, you get electrolysis. And what that does is that transfers hydrogen ions from one to another, which raises and lowers pH. So the higher the hydrogen concentration transfer, uh, Mm -hmm. the lower the pH. The the lower the hydrogen concentration, the higher the pH. So it's an inverse scale. But Mm -hmm. what what you're measuring there is you're measuring the potential of hydrogen transfer from one to another. You're not actually measuring uh, the parts per million of alkalinity in the water. So when you're doing that with the water, you haven't changed anything. You haven't added anything into the water to create alkalinity. So what I've done as well, we've actually created our own scales, or our own pH and alkalinity strips. So these are our strips that we use, right? Mm-hmm. And what, now, what for the people that are just listening, this is, uh, we're looking at uh, uh, some strips from safesoda.com. Yes. Yeah. And so are these, these urine ones, strips or, or saliva no, strips? These are saliva strips. Now, okay. the top one, the top one measures pH. I've got two tabs. The top one measures pH. The bottom one measures alkalinity. Okay. Right? Different. So this, this measures the potential of hydrogen. This measures parts per million of alkalinity. Mm-hmm. Now, when you, have, when you get these water machines, like these ionizers, 
some of these water machines have a pH of 11 and a half, 11 and a half to 12 pH. Mm-hmm. When you dip this in, you check they've got high pH, yes, but there's no alkalinity. Mm-hmm. So they've got no ability to neutralize any acid whatsoever. And this is why a lot of these water machines, they say you have to keep the lid on because if oxygen gets in there, it, it oxidizes and nature turns everything acidic if water's just sitting there you know, going stagnant. Mm-hmm. So alkalinity and pH are very, very two different scales. So, for example, and also pH and acidity. So how I explain this as well, if I get apple cider vinegar, I mean, apple cider vinegar is basically 2.4. It's alcohol being fermented again with a special bacteria to create vinegar. The so mother. Apple cider, yes, the mother. <laughs> the, so apple cider vinegar is, is an acid, right? Uh, so if I were to drink that by itself, um, it would burn the esophagus, right? So it's, it's very, very acidic. Now, if I take apple cider vinegar into this hand, it's got a pH of 2.4 and hydrochloric acid from my stomach, which is about 2.4, into this hand, which one's going to burn a hole through my hand, the vinegar or the hydrochloric acid? The hydrochloric, the hydrochloric acid. acid. Every time. They're both the same pH, different types of acid. So what, what you're not measuring there is, is how corrosive the acid is. That is a separate scale to pH, same as alkalinity is to pH as well. And okay. that's, what people are, that's what people are measuring. And when you understand that, the difference between pH and alkalinity, um, it's a huge, huge, uh, it's a game changer because this is what makes, makes all the difference. I had a scientist. Uh, I was at a park. I was at a scientist. Uh, now, he heads up the research, uh, worldwide research. Uh, apparently, this, was a, this is a worldwide problem, and their department was paid uh, about $5 million for the next five years to work at this worldwide problem. Now, the problem was this, that when you have crayfish, when, when they farm crayfish, right, in nature, crayfish, when they grow, they have to molt their shell. So as they're growing, they molt their shell, they grow bigger. They molt the shell, they grow bigger and bigger. When they farm them, they're not growing. So they're, they're not molting their shells. So they're all getting squashed in their shells and they're all dying all, all around the world. So, you know, top scientists around the world. So when I was talking to the scientists, I said, oh, that's an easy fix. The problem is alkalinity. He said, no, no, no. He said, we've checked the pH of the ocean water and the pH of our water, it's the same. I said, yeah, that, that's pH, but not alkalinity. He said, it's the same thing. I said, no, it's not. So I had to explain to him the difference between pH and alkalinity. Now, he didn't understand it because he's from a medical or from a scientific mind, and they just all taught the pH scale. That's it. Anything above seven is alkaline. That's incorrect. So over a year and a half later, I caught up with the same gentleman, and what he did, he, he, bought, some of our, he bought some of our soda on, online he said he put some into the tank and almost instantly they all started to molt their shells. And I said, well, where, you know, where's my $5 million now? <laughs> you know, because you got paid $5 million. Because yeah. they're, not, they're not understanding the difference in pH and alkalinity. And that is a huge difference when it comes to alkalinity. Now, everything in nature produces bicarb. Every animal, every plant, the ocean, and every part of the human body produces bicarb. So in the human body, your kidneys, your pancreas, your stomach, your saliva, your breast, your prostate, um, you know, your blood vessels, they all produce bicarb. Now, you've got to ask yourself, why would everything in nature produce bicarb and every part of your body produce bicarb? Why? There's huge implications and reasons that nature does this. Now, is this, uh, is this similar to like sodium, sodium bicarbonate, baking soda, right? Are we talking so, about similar sodium, structures? Yes. It's sodium bicarbonate, but... What people don't realize as well is there's many different types of bicarb. And first of all, there's many different grades. So you've got industrial grade, you've got technical grade, you've got feed grade, food grade, pharmaceutical grade, and there's grades in between those, right? Mm -hmm. Now, first of all, 
if there's all different grades, why have all, you know, if people say, well, if, if they're all the same, why have all the different grades then? Because the, first of all, they're not the same. They do different things, have different attributes. But the biggest thing is most people don't realise 85 to 90% of bicarb is, is manufactured a different way because there's two ways to produce and manufacture bicarb. Mm -hmm. So the first way is 85 to 90% of bicarb is produced uh, via a chemical process. Uh, why would they do that? It's very, very cheap to produce. So in all the different grades, even the top pharmaceutical grades that you see in the chemists and stuff and a lot of the you know, hospitals, they're still using um, you know, chemically produced bicarb. So what they do there is they get hydrochloric acid and limestone and they bubble up through the mixture uh, a product called ammonia, which is corrosive and ecotoxic to the environment. Um, mm -hmm. If they don't use the ammonia, the product stays acidic. So the only way they can alkalize that bicarb is to use ammonia. So that obviously isn't very good. And most bicarb today is produced that's, you know, that way. So our bicarb actually comes out of the ground. It's actually a, a renewable mineral. It's called trona, T-R-O-N-A. And that's class of what they call a, 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 a nacolite. So it's actual mineral that comes out of the ground. And everything in nature uh, produces a natural bicarb as well um, for many, many different reasons. Bicarb has many purposes that people don't realize. It's not just for baking cakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like yeah. to talk about some, some of those purposes in just a moment. Now, is this true or false? You know, one of my concerns uh, with, you know, I do regular biohacker baths that involve sodium bicarbonate you know, Arm & Hammer baking soda or Bob's Red Mill. And one of my concerns is aluminum content. Yes. And especially because we know aluminum, you know, it's in it's in a lot of, uh, we'll call them jabba-dabba-ding-dongs, you know, it can, it can accum accumulate in the brain. Um, yes. It can interfere with optimal function of our pineal gland and cause all sorts of different issues. And when I'm taking a bath to absorb something transdermally through my skin, is this a legitimate concern about these, you know, the, the, the kind of run of the mill arm and hammer type baking sodas and aluminum content uh, yes. and, 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 you know, absorbing that along with it? Is that a viable concern and something that that I should be taking into account? Oh, look, 100 percent transdermally, whether you ingest it or whether you spray it on, whether you make a paste. Um, Aluminium or aluminum uh, is, is, is a huge concern. Now, the, when they produce it chemically, they use limestone. Now, now aluminium is, is, is constantly present in limestone, and this is what, where the problem lies. Now, I've been to a lot of the manufacturing processes uh, around the world because I've been, I've been in Bicar for 29 years, 100% um, of my time, um, on, on the commercial side. Uh, you know, I've got an, an, another business doing that. So uh, I, I know bicarb, the processing, uh, both how they chemically produce it, how they, you know, how they, how they mine it, uh, I, I know a lot about bicarb. Now, I've been to a lot of the processing plants around the world as well, and a lot of times when they say, even, even that the stuff that's mined, you know, naturally, uh, they say it's aluminium-free, but it's sliding down aluminium chutes, not stainless steel chutes, down, you know, down aluminium chutes. Well, hang on a second. Why, why is it sliding down aluminium chutes? Because it picks up aluminium as you go along. So th there's a lot of concerns about aluminium, and especially if it's chemically produced, because like I said, aluminium is, is naturally occurring in limestone. Right. So when they use the chemical process, they've got to try and get rid of that. Now, a lot of the, um, a lot of the concerns uh, are, are, are hidden from people, dare I say the word hidden, because a lot of the laws state that anything under two parts per million, you don't have to disclose. So a lot of the machines that measure the content of aluminium, that they measure under two parts per million, so 
it doesn't, it, you know, it says aluminium free. Well, it's not really because if you measure the under two parts of it's actually there. And people say to me, it's only a small amount. Yes, but you only, you only need one drop of arsenic to kill you. It's not the amount that's, it's the, if you're doing something every day and the small amount adds up to a lot that people don't yeah. realize. So, yeah, that makes a huge difference uh, and concern when it comes to uh, aluminum, 100%. Absolutely. And especially when you realize it's it's implicated in all sorts of conditions, including autism, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, dementia. And you think about, OK, is this death by a thousand cuts where yes. eventually, you know, you reach a tipping point and sometimes that's really quick. Maybe in, in, in utero, the baby was exposed to electromagnetic frequencies. It degraded the blood-brain barrier. Then they followed this ever-increasing vaccination schedule. And that, that, you know, all it took was one shot too many. That aluminum got right into the brain, and now you have an autistic child. You know, and I'm not making claims here. I'm just saying this is something that for us to consider and, and and especially with things that we're putting on our skin, that we're putting in our mouth and in our body, like sodium bicarbonate, baking soda, you know, and, and it's part of the reason that we're having this chat today. Yes, look, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, that, yeah, there are a lot of um, viewpoints out there, but baking soda and, and you should be taking it and, you know, and there, there's a yeah, big controversy constantly, but I've been doing this for 29 years um, and I don't just sell baking soda. I do everything in between. I've got a support plus program where I help people with chronic illnesses. So I've been doing this for 19 years. Mm -hmm. um, so I go through blood tests and, and, and we monitor everything that, you know, that we do. And I've researched in depth. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I've got no medical training, but I've researched disease in depth. Um, and when I research something, I go to the nth degree. I research it from a very, very different point of view. If I believe that sodium bicarbonate, bicarb is the answer, you can't have a biased viewpoint in your in your research, right? Mm -hmm. If I think if I'm going to search, oh, bicarb is the answer. I'm going to find lots of uh, you know studies just to prove bicarb is good. So I have to come from from a different point of view. If I believe bicarb is the answer, well, I have to try and prove that bicarb is not the answer. And that's mm -hmm. how I research. I play my own devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've studied diseases. I've, I've researched in depth. You know, chemotherapies and radiations and gamma knives and and. And and how all of these other medications and vaccines and 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 you know these these, these things aren't real um, affect the body and how they affect disease. Now disease, cancers and bacteria and viruses and parasites they are smart. You know they're extremely smart. Uh, and uh, I hear you. I mean you had Lyme disease uh, mm -hmm. going back quite a few years. Twice. Lyme Twice, Lyme, you know, Lyme is, is basically is a, is a tick-borne disease, which is a, a bacteria. So, again, they are very, very, very smart. They talk to each other. They make decisions. They have quorum sensing. So they, they send their chemical signals and literally talk to each other, and they can make a decision based on a quorum sensors. So they all think as one. And this is why, you know, when you get antibiotics, you put that pump you full of antibiotics, and they all say, hey, guys, uh, there's antibiotics coming. We can sense it, you know, sense it. we can sense it in the environment, and we'll just wrap ourselves in a biofilm, and we can just stay there for as long as you like. And as soon as the environment's back to acidic again, or, you know, it's gone, we can pop our heads up, and they cause havoc again. Or, or if they're like Lyme disease, where they have this, this corkscrew spirochete form, they can bury themselves in your connective tissue, your cerebral spinal fluid, and, and a lot of evidence even suggests the brain. The brain, 100%. Yeah. 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 And, and, and these things are very, very smart. So it's the environment that determines how these things uh, function. 
Uh, I used to deal with one of the top cancer scientists here in the country. Uh, he, he was a cancer scientist for over 30 years. Now, he said to me that it's the environment that determines genetic expression, viral expression, and bacterial expression. It's the environment. Mm-hmm. Now, to explain that even more, um, um, many years ago, a long time ago, I was just about to do a presentation, a live presentation, so I did quite a few of those. And there was an older couple there, and they said to me, well, Dean, uh, what do you do? How do you do this? You know, explain to him what do you do. I said, look, look, you haven't seen the presentation. Just watch the presentation, and afterwards we can have discussions. I said, okay, no worries. As I walked away, I heard the wife say to, to the husband, honey, did you feed all the fish? So I turned around and I said, sorry. I said, I just overheard what you said. Do you guys have fish? He said, we have lots of fish. We love our fish. I said, well, you ask, you ask what I do? This is what I do. I said, what happens when your fish get sick? Do you take out one fish at a time and fix the one, each fish at a time? No, 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 no. He said, you want to fix the fish? You fix the tank. You fix the tank that fixes all the fish. So that, that's exactly what I do. Everybody's trying to fix the fish. Fix this one little cancer, fix this one bacteria, fix Lyme disease, fix, fix coronavirus, fix this, fix that. If you fix the tank, that fixes everything else. Mm-hmm. Your cells, your cells are surrounded by a fluid. Every cell in your body is surrounded by a fluid. Your cells are the fish. It's the fluid outside, which is your extracellular fluid. That is what's responsible for your cells breathing. Mm-hmm. So we need to change that environment to fix everything else. This is how it works. Yeah, it's also one of my concerns about this rapid rollout of 5G and the towers that are everywhere, the smart meters that they've been putting on people's homes and swapping out that now transmit that a lot of people don't even realize. What is that doing to our tank? You know, not to mention 100%. the fact that, that that most of us are constantly surrounded by Wi-Fi and on our phones all the time. Like we think about the tank in a lot of these examples as our internal environment, but it's both our internal and our external environment and the signals that that both of those are sending to our cells and the resulting epigenetic expression. 100%. And all the, re- all the more reason why alkalinity is so important because- yeah. True alkalinity, true bicarb from a natural source, not only neutralizes acids, it basically, it, it, bicarb is an anion in the body. An anion is a negative charged ion. So all these things from 5G are all positive charge. Disease is positive charge, as in millivolts. Cancer produces positive charge. Mm-hmm. So if you have positive charge and most of the bicarb that's chemically produced is only it's almost positive charge because all bicarb is supposed to be negative charge, but a lot of the bicarb is chemically produced almost has a positive charge. So mm-hmm. if you get, you know, cancer is positive charge and a bicarb is positive charge, it's like two north poles of the magnet. They literally repel each other by their own frequency. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how much that cheap bicarb you're having, the bioavailability isn't there. You're not going to get it to where you need it just by its own frequency. Mm-hmm. So when you alkalize the body with a bicarb that comes from the earth and you your ions, your, your anions go back to negative charge, it protects you from all these positive charge frequencies coming bombarding us as we speak right now. Uh, so it, it does a heck of a lot in the body that people don't realise. There's two yeah. things I believe in wholeheartedly is alkalinity and frequency. But mm-hmm. alkalinity is what governs your frequency in your body. Bicarb mm-hmm. also regulates oxygen and CO2 in your body. So this is what bicarb does. So uh, people who've got sleep apnea issues or people who've got, you know, lung issues and they're not getting... So when you alkalize the body, bicarb regulates the oxygen and CO2. So a lot of people that are all constantly hyperventilating because they're not getting enough oxygen. When you get alkalinity, oxygen level regulates the CO2 level and then you start to breathe slower so you don't hyperventilate anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing how it works in the body. That's That's what I was going to ask. So just to kind of recap before my question. So we're, we're kind of talking about like 
with electricity, electrons that, that carry a negative charge, we're talking about a net negative being what we want, whereas inflammation, disease states are positively charged and these lower quality bicarbs are almost positively charged, where if you put them into an environment or or, or a tank to kind of go back to our previous analogy, that's right on the edge, it could quickly make them positive and they're not really doing that much good. So you need something that's going to be introducing electricity and net negative electrons into the body in order to produce a healthier internal environment. Was that accurate or was I off on? That's very accurate. That's very extremely accurate. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Okay. And then, so right now we're experiencing a lot of people who are having uh, very low blood oxygen saturation levels for probably some of the reasons that we've discussed and, and maybe others um, is, is introducing compounds internally, like a good quality bicarb, like your, like your safe soda, um, which we'll get into the ingredients and how those work a, a little bit later on. But is, is, is this something that can improve blood oxygen saturation and along with oxygen deliverability and oxygen utilization in the body. 100%. Um, in, in the, in the horse racing industry, they give bicarb to, to race horses because it oxygenates the blood, but it gives them an oomph and also gets rid of lactic acid. Mm-hmm. So if they give race horses too much bicarb, it's classed as natural doping, which is illegal. It's against the law. So they can't give the race horses too much bicarb. Right, a natural product because it gives them too much of an edge as opposed to the other horses. So, yes, uh, you've got you know, deep, deep divers. You want to see how blood bicarb uh, gets regulated, you should do a bit of research on how a shark regulates its bicarb levels because the further down it goes, no oxygen, so it, re- it upregulates its bicarb levels to maintain the oxygen levels within the blood. Mm-hmm. And sharks are, are a prime example of, of how this works you know, in, 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 the, in the body. So... Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it's, there are tons of, uh, of, of you know, high-class studies that prove this beyond a reasonable doubt, 100%. I, I'm also interested and have a hypothesis untested. I obviously don't have the means to test this, but I've suspected that, that a, a high degree of osteoporosis is not a lack of milk, but is actually the body trying to counter a uh, an, an, an acidic environment, a net positive environment where there's inflammation and it's pulling bicarb from the bones in order to try to deal with that. And over time, you have this uh, osteoporosis type condition. Have you seen anything like that? Is What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I deal with this almost every day for 19 years. Osteoporosis, I deal with quite often. Now, I'll give you two quick analogies, right? When people make a bone broth, right, <laughs> they make a bone broth, they usually put a- apple cider vinegar or vinegar into the bone broth. What does the vinegar do? The acid, what does it do? It sucks all the calcium and minerals out of the bones. It does the same thing in the body. Now, if somebody has ever had a concrete pool, right, a pool made of concrete, mm-hmm. the water, nature automatically tries and balances out the acid and alkaline, um, you know, just daily. So... In pools, you put bicarb, industrial bicarb, it's called pH buffer because the buffering system, which we'll probably uh, talk about that in, in a minute as well, because uh, this is because bicarb buffers all your bodily fluids, even your stomach acid uh, as well. So in the, people put pH buffer, which is bicarb, industrial bicarb, in your pool to buffer the solution. But if you get too much rain, you get too much sun, you get everything happening, and if your pool goes green and stuff, what happens is no more bicarb left. 
So if there's no bicarb left, nature tries and balances out the acid and alkaline in your body, uh, so, you know, in, in, in the pool. So what it does, it has to absorb the next alkaline mineral in, in the chain. So in a swimming pool, the next alkaline mineral in the chain is in the structure, which is the lime in, in the concrete. Lime is, is an alkaline, right? So it sucks all the lime out of the concrete and it draws it back in the water to try and alkalize the water that way. But it, dis it destroys the concrete of the whole pool. So everybody then have to drain the pool and spend thousands of dollars to redo the concrete of the pool. It's exactly the same in the body. But you, we, we don't have enough alkalinity, enough bicarb in the fluids outside the cells and your blood, your blood sucks the bicarb from the extracellular fluids to keep it 7.4. If it's not enough, the body always chooses survival first. The blood will always maintain 7.4, but at what cost? So it's not enough bicarb, it has to suck the next big alkaline storage you know, frame, which is from the outside structure, which is your bones. So it sucks all the calcium from your bones to try and alkalize it that way. Now, calcium is not a pure alkaline, it's an alkaline phosphate, but it's the largest store of your body. So your body says, I've got to try and alkalize it somehow. It sucks all the calcium out. You get calcium buildup in your knuckles, in your shoulders, it goes to the brain, you get Alzheimer's, uh, you know, all these health issues as well. Um, and this is what's causing the issue. And you, you get a lot of kidney stones and gallstones and all these things as well because it's calcification trying to come out. Now, a lot of the medical uh, doctors, uh, they provide you, if you get kidney stones, I mean, kidney stones are calcification, right? So the doctors give you bicarb tablets. Uh, it's not a very good bicarb, but they give you bicarb tablets because bicarb basically dissolves calcium. So when you alkalize the body with bicarb, the blood says, well, we don't need the calcium anymore. So it literally forces the calcium back into the bones where it's needed. And the rest goes out in the urine as waste. And if you, you know, just simple science, when you get calcium and bicarb, it creates calcium carbonate, which is what your bones are made of in the first place. So you can harden your bones. Uh, we've got people with osteoporosis that are alkalizing their body with the correct diet, of course, and they're getting bone density scans and their bones are getting harder. And the doctors are saying, well, this is strange because you've only got one set of bones, you can't make them go harder again. So where well, you can because just get the chemistry right. Of course you can, you know. You, yeah, you know they've also shown you could you could strength increase bone density with strength training. There's a lot of things. Exactly there. right. It's it's crazy, <laughs> right? So you, you, you hear me, yeah. I, I enjoy watching uh, a lot of mixed martial arts and like UFC and recently, you know, starting first with, with Anderson Silva, there was uh he broke his shin and, and it was, yeah. it was very hard to watch. Chris Weidman broke his leg. Then Chris Weidman broke his leg. And then just most recently, Conor McGregor broke his shin, like checking kicks and throwing kicks. And people are asking all these questions as to why are these elite fighters suddenly breaking bones so easily, having this thing that was like unheard of a long time ago. And now it's happening more and more recently. And I think part of it is because we have we've created an, an acidic environment in our bodies and an inflamed net positive environment through our devices, through some of the, the, the foods we're eating and, and some of these other things that we're talking about, not supplementing intelligently with the right types of bicarb. And then you throw a kick hard enough or check a kick that's hard enough. And you're seeing bones break in people that are, you know, otherwise elite athletes and should not be experiencing anything like that. Oh, you're, you're, you're very much correct there. Now, Fitness is one thing, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people want to be fit. They want to have muscles and they want to, they want to look fit, but nobody's looking at the fitness of the fluid outside the cells, right? Mm -hmm. I call it fluid fitness. We need to, we need to understand the fluid fitness first. If this around the cells isn't fit and alkaline, then nothing else matters. 
So if this isn't isn't fit and alkaline, then you've got no oxygen, you're positive charge, and it's gonna, you're going to be sucking minerals everywhere else. And a lot of people do a lot of training, uh, uh, you know, fitness, a lot of muscle training, which is amazing. But when you do that, you're creating a lot of lactic acid. Mm-hmm. Now, we have to be able to neutralize the lactic acid. Otherwise, the lactic acid builds up in your body and then it starts, you know, people get cramping, people get all these health issues. And, and like cancers, when cancers ferment unprotected sugars and proteins, they create lactic acid. That's what mm-hmm. cancers produce, lactic acid. So then here are a lot of guys that we first meet with cancers, a lot of men that have lost a lot of muscle tone due to cancer, and they're in the gym four times a week pumping iron, trying to build the muscle tone and drinking these unprotected protein powders, which is what cancers take and ferment. And when you're creating you know, too much lactic acid, that's what feeds cancer as well. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, that's not really doing any good. So how's it going for you? And they said to me, well, it's, it's funny. It's like I'm losing muscle tone twice as quick now because you're mm-hmm. feeding the problem. So yeah. I'm not saying exercise is bad, but we need to alkalize the fluids and the body first before we exercise so we can neutralize the lactic acid that we're building up. And, and, and also listen to our bodies. A lot of these, a lot oh. of these in, in individuals are extremely sore all the time and all they're the time. ignoring that and they're continuing to lift because they think they should rather than saying, why am I so sore? This is not normal. I've lifted weights before in my life and it wasn't like this. Maybe yes. I should take a step back and reevaluate the, the, the signs and signals and symptoms that I'm experiencing. It's funny you say that, 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 you know, because I'm always constantly saying we need to listen to our bodies. Nobody's listening to our bodies anymore. I had a, um, an, an ex-SAS, uh, you know, Special Forces, uh, come to my, one of my workshops, and uh, he sat in the chair for about 20 minutes, and it took him almost half an hour to get out. He was a young guy. He had muscles in places I never knew muscles existed, right, because he's ex-SAS. He was, mm-hmm. he was built, right? He had full-body arthritis. And he had no idea why. So after 20 minutes sitting in a chair, it took him almost half an hour to get out because he couldn't get out. He was in so much pain. And I said, well, all that training, all that training, uh, you know, he's drinking lots of, you know, scientifically Gatorades and all these so-called drinks, which are just loaded with sugars and acids, uh, but nothing to neutralize, you know, he's not, no one's listening to our bodies. I had someone say to me just last week, well, Dean, uh, she she said to me, "I, I drink four to five liters of water per day. I said, why do you drink four or five liters of water per day? I need to flush out my kidneys and I flush. I said, do you have a lot of cramps? I do. That's why I'm drinking so much water. I said, you're flushing out your electrolytes. Mm-hmm. I said, she said, well, how much, how much should we be drinking? I said, if you're thirsty, listen to your body. If you're thirsty, then drink. If you're not thirsty, then don't drink. Your body tells you when, the, you know, when you're thirsty. Especially, and when you're if you're drinking, especially if you're drinking tap water with chlorine water. and fluoride and a whole bunch of garbage. Don't even get me started. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, and same with kids. Um, my wife and I, between us, we have seven kids. You know, and oh, nice work. Kids. Good on, good on you, you, you fertile bastard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. I could only wish to one day have seven children. <laughs> I love being a dad. I really do. Um, yeah. So, you know, we have seven kids. And, and, and as human beings, uh, we listen to a lot of the medical advice, uh, of course. I'm not saying don't. I'm not making any claims as well. But if a child gets sick, the temperature rises. The first thing we're taught as parents is pump your kids full of Panadol or Nurofen to lower the temperature. Well, that's you need to listen to our bodies. The temperature is there for two reasons, you know, because there's two things that that disease, uh, virus, and bacteria don't like is alkalinity and temperature change, mm-hmm. as you know. So your body raises temperature to try and battle what's happening inside your body. Body, and then your immune system, your white blood cells attack, and that's what happens. But as human beings, we're taught on oh, no, our temperature rises. First we do, we've got to lower the temperature. Otherwise, we're all taught the brain will boil. You know what I mean? This is what everyone's freaking, all parents talk about that. Uh, it's nonsense. Um, 
I've, I've spent four hours at 107 degrees in, in Germany at, at Clinic St. George to accelerate my recovery the second time I got Lyme. And uh, outside of, you know, a, a few hours of recovery the next day, completely fine. And that was two hours each time at 107 degrees. The, the, the brain boiling stuff is complete nonsense. And, and you know, yeah. well, I was going to say I'm living proof, but. Say what you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I think I know one of these just because we touched on it earlier. But I I'm curious when talking about fluid fitness, when talking about the the the, the pH and the alkalinity of the body, and um, what are the, your go to like most important diagnostic tools? Oh, definitely. Well, the first thing we do is obviously we check your saliva first thing in the morning. So okay, so you're using those strips. Yeah, so th this is one thing that tells us. So first thing in the morning, and we, we don't check the urine. The urine checks what you're wasting, which is helpful in other areas, uh, but doesn't say what your extracellular pH, because your saliva is an extracellular fluid. Uh, all the new studies have shown that they can detect all forms of cancers and diabetes from the saliva, uh, and they say that the saliva provides a non-invasive and low-cost method for disease screening and detection. So this is why we use the saliva. So the first thing you got to do, first thing in the morning, as soon as you get up out of bed, before you drink or eat or brush your teeth or have a smoke, whatever people do, before you do any of that, have a few brand new swallows to bring out brand new saliva. Then uh, you can either spit in a spoon or you can, you, you can put this in your mouth like this for about five seconds. And then basically when you, when you um, but about five seconds in your mouth and then take it out and then you can basically match, match, match the colors. So you have to be nice. You have to be nice, pretty colors to be in the healthy range. That's, High pH and alkalinity. Okay, right? so we've got we've got a strip here where the top uh, square is red and red or orange, and the bottom square is green. And and what yes. does that that what is what is that indicating? What the top is? So, so if you see if you see the if you start yellow, that's no pH and no alkalinity. So we need mm -hmm. to be up in the dark in the top areas there. You can see where I'm, I'm matching up there. Mm -hmm. This is to be in the healthy range. This is what a swimming pool is set to. This is what your, your, your fish tank is set to. This is what your soil should be set to. This is what the ocean is. So everything in nature is this, and we need to be identical to this. Now, a lot of my clients who don't have saliva uh, due to, say, chemotherapy, they've lost their salivary glands, or a lot of my clients have Sjogren's disease and they don't have saliva. So if you can force out a tear, you can, you, you can basically use your tears as well because your, your fluid from your tears should be the same as your saliva. And this is why a swimming pool is set to this. Give me your tears, okay. Gypsy. <laughs> All right, so this is awesome. Where, um, I, I wanna talk about more diagnostic tools and yes, things that yes. you look at, but where, do you sell those strips? Is that something that people yes. can get from, from your website? Yeah. How, how do they get, where do they go to get those? Uh, just uh, safesoda.com.au and you can buy this online. So we actually get these manufactured uh, over in the UK and, and we get sent here because we, we, uh, Australia doesn't have much manufacturing. Um, yeah. So I get, I get this manufactured in the UK as well. So um, another diagnostic tool, of course, um, I look at in my, I've got a support plus program where I help people with chronic illnesses. So there's a big lot of health, health questions, a lot of strange questions as well. Like, you know, if, we're, if you wear jewelry, does it corrode? Because uh, acid is what causes corrosion. Um, you know, can you smell and taste food correctly? Do you get a fishy taste or an ammonia smell or taste in your mouth? Uh, that tells me a whole bunch of different things as well. So there's a whole bunch of health questionnaires. Uh, we go through diet, medication, if people are on any supplements, we go through the whole lot. Uh, and then we also upload bloods and reports and scans that you get from your, from your GP or your, or your, or your, your medical practitioner. 
Uh, then I pull the whole thing apart and put it back together. And then I help people with chronic illnesses from start to finish. Um, and it doesn't matter how long it takes, whether it's five days or five years, it doesn't really matter how long it takes. Um, and I don't charge for that either. It, it, it's, a, it's a free service that I provide. Um, I, I am a little bit inundated at the moment uh, with what's happening around the world, of course. But, uh, yeah, and this is how I, Now, the bloods tell me a lot because bloods don't lie. Blood tests don't lie. Yeah. So uh, they're very interesting. Now, I've spent 19 years, um, well, ever since I was born, I've looked at things very, very differently. So I've had doctors say to me the way that I look at bloods and read bloods are, are completely different to the way that a doctor is taught to read bloods. Right. Which is pretty interesting. Um, which is yeah. pretty much just look for something that's outside the normal range, which is a range that was determined from a population where like that's most correct. people are sick, overweight, obese. Like why would, why would we even utilize that and consider that normal unless that's yeah. what you want to be? Exactly right. But we need to consider the, the correlation between all these different things. And I've learned how to do that over, over 19 years. Now, um, I had a, a medical doctor in one of my audiences once. Uh, he, was, he was quite aggressive um, uh, during the audience. And he said to me, he said, Dean, you're not bloody, you know, uh, uh, approved or, or licensed to, to, to read bloods. Well, you don't have to be approved or licensed to read bloods. So anyone, can learn, anyone can learn to read bloods. And I said to him, look, I said, can you play an instrument? He said, what, what are you talking about? I said, can you play an instrument? He said, well, no. I said, can you read music? He goes, no, because I know that every good boy deserves fruit. I said, right. Now, reading the notes, every good boy deserves fruits. Anyone can go on Google and look what a blood test is and look at the reference ranges. Anyone can read the notes. But playing the instruments is when you join all those notes together. Right. I said, and that's what I've learned to do over 19 years. I can both read the notes and play the instruments, and, and I actually do play instruments as well. So reading bloods is very, very similar. It's a different language like music. But it's not just about reading the numbers. You need to know the correlation and how it all fits together. And this is what a lot of uh, medical, both natural and medical practitioners, uh, don't seem to do. You know, um, mm -hmm. I had a I had a doctor in 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 one of my presentations afterwards. He said, Dean, he, this is what he said to me. He says, Yeah, the way that you read bloods is very different. And I said, Well, I'll put that to the test. So I got some bloods out of my bag. It was a 24 year old woman, right? I said, Tell me what you see. He grabbed the bloods. He looked at it, and he said, Ah, oh, he said. Pretty much, he said, e easy fix. Now, he, he wasn't cocky when he said that. He wasn't arrogant. He's not an arrogant man. He still helps me today. So I said, well, tell me what you see first. He goes, ah, oh, easy, low iron, no oxygen, tight all the time, anemia, easy fix. I said, well, what would you do? He said, I'd give her therapeutical iron tablets. I said, no, 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 no. He said, no. So what if, would you, you if, you, if you wanted to constipate her. <laughs> exactly right. I said, well, I said, he said to me, what would you do? I said, well, what binds oxygen to the blood? He said, well, iron. So what binds iron to the blood? He said, ferritin. So where's ferritin made? He said, the liver. So check out the liver. He checks out the liver. He goes, oh, the liver's compromised. He says, right. If you fix the liver, that fixes the ferritin, which binds the iron, which binds the oxygen. You don't have to take iron supplements then. I said, you know, other people 16 years on iron tablets, it hasn't raised their iron levels one bit. All it does is it makes them constipated. That's what it does. But right. it doesn't raise the iron levels in the blood. So we need to fix the problem. And unfortunately, in today's world, it's always a band-aid solution. They're not going to the source of the problem. And I've right. spent 19 years learning how to do that. There are a couple things that make Lyme disease, and more specifically, the spirochete bacteria, Borrelia burgdorferi, particularly hard to treat. The first is that it's known as the great imitator, meaning that it mimics the symptoms of 200 other conditions. So a lot of times people 
think they've got thyroid disorder or adrenal problems or chronic fatigue or a whole host of other stuff going on, rheumatoid arthritis, when in reality they have a low-level chronic bacterial infection. The testing is notorious for producing false negatives. So a lot of people will get a Lyme test that only has maybe a 30% uh, accuracy level and they'll get a negative test result and then they'll go looking elsewhere and spend years or even decades going down the wrong path. And last but not least, the bacteria has this spirochete form, which means it's able to bury in our central nervous system, our brain, our connective tissue, and a lot of the most effective commonly known treatments for Lyme disease like blood ozone, ultraviolet blood radiation, IV light therapy combined with uh, intravenous um, vitamins, and then you have the herbal protocols like the Bunner protocol, the Cowden protocol, etc. A lot of times these get people results for a few months or even a few years, but they're unable to effectively get into the connective tissue and the central nervous system and get rid of the spirochete bacteria that are kind of hibernating there, and then it comes back. Well, Clinic St. George in Bad Eibling, Germany has developed a breakthrough treatment that they discovered almost on accident while helping people with cancer. It's called extreme whole body hyperthermia. And based on the 1927 Nobel Prize, they found that when you heat the body up in a safe and controlled medically supervised setting to 107 degrees for a period of two hours and maintain it there, you're able to wipe out uh, the Borrelia bacteria. And then when you follow it up with intravenous laser therapy and IV riboflavin, you're able to knock out the co-infections like Bartonella and Babesia that otherwise are able to maintain a foothold because you've got the Lyme bacteria, the Borrelia, suppressing the immune system. So if you or someone you know is dealing with cancer or Lyme disease, the St. George Clinic in Bad Eibling, Germany has helped over 25,000 people with cancer and now over 2,500 people with Lyme disease. And it's the most effective treatment modality that I'm aware of for helping with chronic Lyme, especially if you've tried a lot of the other things out there. And if you want more information, you can go online to their website, which is Clinic St. George. You can just Google that. That's probably the easiest way to find it. But their website, I'll spell it out for you. It's K-L-I-N-I-K-S-T-G-E-O-R-G.de slash E-N slash. That'll give it to you in English. And it's Clinic St. George in Bad Eibling, A-I-B-L-I-N-G, Germany. And I just did a podcast with their medical director, Dr. Dows. It's, I believe, episode 215 of the Biohacking Secrets show. So check that out if you are interested. And please pass this along to anyone who may benefit from it. All right. Thank you. Back to the episode. Yeah. Two quick questions on that story, and I don't know if you even remember, but when you were looking at liver function, were you looking at like ALT or AST? And then, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um, 
when, what do you typically recommend? Are you, are you like a milk thistle guy? Are you a no. diet nutrition guy, coffee enemas? Where, where do you go when, no. when someone's liver is compromised, what does Dean do? You know, usually the liver can be compromised for a couple of different reasons, of course, right? Now, um, the liver is the largest organ in the body that produces the most amount of bicarb, mm-hmm. right? It's the largest organ. Then you've got your pancreas, then you've got your kidneys. They're, 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 they're the, the, the three main organs that produce the most amount of bicarb in, in every part of the body. So usually, like, for example, diabetes, right? I'm not making any health claims here, but diabetes, um, there's a medical term for people who get diabetes. It's called metabolic or ketoacidosis. So acid Are you talking about type one or type two? Both. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't okay. really matter. From, from my sense, it's both the same. Now, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's called metabolic or ketoacidosis. So acid is the problem, right? This is what alkalizes, you know. Your pancreas basically, um, sorry, we're talking about the liver, but I'm just talking about the, the diet, for example. So insulin is an alkaline hormone right? It's made by the pancreas. So it's an alkaline hormone and it needs bicarb to activate insulin, which then binds a sugar in, in, your, in, in your blood. If you get keto metabolic acidosis, you're not making enough bicarb in your pancreas. So insulin doesn't work. It doesn't bind to sugars and blood sugar goes up through the roof. And then people say, oh, you've got insulin resistance and all these things and all these health issues that, that, are, that, that come with that. So mm-hmm. by putting soda back into the, back into the pancreas, because all we're doing is we're maintaining the acid and alkaline balance in the body. That's all we're doing. That's the only health plan that we ever make. We're not fixing or curing anything. We're just balancing the acid and alkaline back in the body because diabetes is an acid-based disorder. But all the medications they give you for, for, you know, for insulin, you know, most of the ingredients are, or a lot of the ingredients is hydrochloric acid because I use hydrochloric acid as a preservative in these medications, which is more acidic. And now the problem is acid. If you've got metabolic and ketoacidosis, why are you pumping more acid into the problem? Mm-hmm. So the liver is the same because the liver produces the most amount of bicarb out of every organ. So liver uh, function, well, things like Epstein-Barr virus, it's known to cause havoc with the liver. It's also an oncovirus that so causes cancer. It's an oncology virus, right? It's not just a tonsillitis and glandular fever. It goes to the glands, it goes to the brain, it goes to the heart, it goes to the liver. So it causes havoc in the liver. Now, almost every virus, almost every bacteria, every parasite you can think of, they're all low pH dependent and acid-based. Lime is the same. It needs acid to replicate and multiply. And this is what they do. They go into the liver and they cause havoc in the liver, which then causes issues. By alkalizing the body, these things can't work in alkalinity. They can't even enter your cells for a virus. They can't even enter your cells in alkalinity. And bacteria can't you know, multiply. I, I, I do it. I do it. I've got a sample test. Um, I don't have it here, but in my presentation, I've got a piece of bread that I've been carrying around for almost over a year now. And I, one side is just black with mold, black, completely black with mold. The other side, I've just put a sprinkled our bicarb on there and, and I've got the back of the spoon with a bit of water and just put the bicarb on there. Now there isn't one bit of mold on the other side of the piece of bread. Now we haven't killed the yeast or the, back, or, or the mold, it's still there. It just can't multiply in an alkaline environment. It's the environment that determines that. Yeah. Wow. So are we back there? Yeah. Oh, hey, so it's the environment that, that actually determines that. So yeast ferments sugars to create acid and no oxygen because they're anaerobic, mm-hmm. right? Same as cancer. So when they do that, they create acid, and this is what triggers these things to multiply and replicate. So on that piece of bread, the whole, that whole one side is just black and green with mould. But the other side, not one bit of mould for over a year. Again, well, we haven't killed anything. We don't need to kill anything. You just need to work out what the environment is that triggers these things to multiply and replicate. 
And that's the key to what we do here. You know, uh, I've been in, before, because I, I, in Australia and New Zealand, I'm TGA registered, which is your FDA over there. So right. I'm TGA registered. I'm actually classed as a listed medicine here in Australia and New Zealand. Now, before I was TGA registered, I was classed as a food product and the food law states you can't make any health claims, right? So for 19 years, I've had litigation constantly. I've been in and out of court because they, they're claiming that, I'm, that I make health claims. And one of the claims that, that the health department made against me is that they said that Mr. Kessel is claiming that he cures all these diseases. He cures cancer and cures this. And I've all said, Your Honour, I don't. I've never once said we cure anything because we don't. We literally don't. We don't cure anything. I've just worked at what, what, what the environment is that these things need to replicate and multiply. That's the key to what we do. This is why you put bicarb in, in a swimming pool. That's what stops them going green. It's not so much the chemicals, it's the alkalinity. That's what stops the pool from going green. Same as your body, same as the fish tank. I'd, I'd like to, um, I want to talk more about your uh, your product, Safe Soda, and, and specifically how you use it. Let's say um, example A, someone dealing with chronic illness, right? Yeah. Chronic fatigue, Lyme disease, Epstein-Barr, uh, cancers, etc., and and how it's applied in that scenario. And then same question for someone who's listening and is in a pretty good state of health, but wants to keep their oxygen levels high. They want to keep their fitness levels high. They want to prevent osteoporosis and and prevent chronic disease. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the product and then how it's applied. Okay, great. Well, um, basically, the first thing you do, as you know, is to see where you're at. So yeah, use these strips and actually see where where, where you're sitting. So the aim of what we're trying to do here, so when a swimming pool goes green, the guys come in and they do what they call a shock treatment. So what they do is they raise the pool above to where, above where it's supposed to be, then they drop it back to where it's supposed to be. Same as a fish tank, same as our body. So the aim is we need to go to the top level to about 240 alkalinity for about four weeks consistently without dropping back down. Because as we go up the scales, we're going to get acid dumps as your cells unlock all your acids and toxins. We're going to go up and down, up and down the scale. Once we maintain this up here for about four weeks consistently, we know that there's no more acid dumps, your cells are unlocked, and then you can go on one teaspoon per day. So this is what we need to do. Check your saliva. If you're nowhere near the top, top end of, of here, you need to take one level teaspoon. It's only about three or four grams. It's not a big heap teaspoon. It's only a, a teaspoon and just a level teaspoon. It's only three or four grams. Mm-hmm. In a tall glass, in just a normal glass of water, and we need to do that four times a day, right? It's got to be on an empty stomach. It has to be about half an hour before food or two hours after. If there's stomach acid in there, because a lot of people believe that the stomach acid, if you take bicarbonate, it will destroy your stomach acid. No, it won't. Your stomach acid is only in there when you're eating. When you chew, that triggers enzymes and saliva and triggers your stomach acid. So yeah. half an hour before you eat, there's no stomach acid in there. And about two hours after, there's no stomach acid in there as well. So it's got to be on an empty stomach because we need to bypass the stomach and we need to get this into the intestines. And that's when it, the fluid gets absorbed into the intestines. That's when it gets absorbed into the body because scientists say that, that uh, your stomach is still classed as outside the body. Mm-hmm. Right? So Basically, everything from your mouth to your anus is still stomach, technically outside exactly the body. Right. Yep. So as you know, it only gets absorbed into the body when it goes into the gut, which is your intestines. So this is why we need to bypass the stomach and go into. So if you have if you have it too close to food, if you have a, a big meal now, then you, then you take bicarb, you can have a lot of burping because your stomach acid will neutralize the bicarb. Mm. You won't damage anything, but it'll neutralize the bicarb, but your stomach will produce more acid to, to, to digest your food. But you're not going to get the benefits because you're not going to get it to where you need it. 
So then what happens is you just get a lot of burping, uh, you know, and you won't get clean in. So a half an hour before food or two hours after. Now, with people with chronic illnesses, most people are completely yellow. They're completely yellow when mm. they first start. Mm-hmm. But there's no pH and no alkalinity. So to alkalize the body, and some people, some of our clients are, you know, in their 90s, you know, so they've had 90 years to get this acidic. So it can take almost, you know, three to 12 months, even up to two years to alkalize the body and unlock all those cells, right, to, to eject all that acids, toxins, and fluids out of the cells. So we got to give it, we have to give it, you know, a fair amount of time to do so. And persistence kills resistance. Now, um, I had a doctor say to me in the audience once, well, Dean, is it taking too much bicarb for, you know, uh, for too long can be bad for you? And I said, well, what do you consider too much bicarb? He said, I don't know. So what do you, con- what do you consider long-term? He said, I don't know. So where, where are you getting your basis from? Like, I, I don't just say... He said, I, I just wanted attention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he said, I mean, I don't get four grams four times a day out of nothing. There are studies on this. And even yeah. you know, people who, who go and get ural sachets for, for urine tract infections, which is bicarb, it doesn't work because, you know, this is actual bicarb. You know, there's four gram sachets, take four per day. There are studies done on this because the body absorbs different nutrient, vitamins, and minerals in the course of the day. So there are studies done on this. So one level teaspoon, four times a day. Now, if you have a terminal illness, uh, some of my clients will be given six months to live. Mm. So we, we need to hit it hard. One level teaspoon, four times a day, straight away. We also, obviously, we go through the diet, which is very, very important as well. Mm. Um, you can't do that and still drink alcohol and, 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 and go on McDonald's, you know, forever. It's, it's just not going to work. Um, um, so if you don't have a, a terminal illness, so if you just, you know, if you, you're, you're a bit sick and everything, um, it's, you know, you can start slowly, but gradually work your way up. So you can start on a half a teaspoon for about four or five days and then gradually work your way up to, for your body gets, gets used to that detoxing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, detox can be, can be quite, um, uh, harsh sometimes, uh, for a lot of people who've got so much built up acid. Um, now, the reason why we do it this way, when you ingest bicarb, you can't get too alkaline, right? Because your body absorbs what it needs to and the rest goes out in your urine as waste. If you inject bicarb, you're forcing a response. And when you force a response, you can cause damage, right? And that's part of the problem, when you force a response. And this is why with a lot of um, like cancer therapy, when they're forcing a response, it can cause issues. Uh, and they're still not getting to the cause of the issue. I mean... Um, classic example, uh, so I've just digressed a little bit here, Anthony, sorry, but, um, good. you know, um, you know, yes, uh, cancer hates oxygen. So a lot of people do hyperbaric chamber, for example. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hyperbaric chamber, cancers hate oxygen. Yes. When you're in that chamber, hundred percent, it fight, it's fighting cancer cells, 100%. But as soon as you finish that therapy, because as soon as you stop that therapy and walk out of that chamber, because you're still acidic, you go back to no oxygen because they're linked. You're acidic, anaerobic, you got no oxygen. So you're not fixing the problem, you see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. you're trying to force a response. Um, you know, uh, frequency therapy, 100%, the Rife machine, people talk about the Rife machine, 100%, it's proven that it, it, it does fight cancer cells. But as soon as you finish that therapy, because you're still acidic, you go back to positive charge. Mm-hmm. So we need to change the environment to change the oxygen levels and to change the frequency of our bodies. So people with, you know... You can hit it hard or, or, or basically um, you can start gradually. And for those who are quite healthy and just want to maintain and prevent illnesses, which is obviously if you maintain the healthy acid up one body, yeah, balance in your body, there's a couple of things we can do. So I take one level teaspoon every morning, just one level teaspoon in a tall glass of water every morning. As soon as I get up in the morning, I take my bicarb. I also, every water that we drink and the kids drink in our house, uh, this is a one-liter bottle. 
So every 500 mils of water, there's an eighth of a teaspoon, an eighth of, of our superior soda. So in a one-litre bottle, you've got about a quarter of a teaspoon. You don't even taste it, but it's very, very high alkaline. Um, so we're drinking alkaline water all day. Now, this, because it's such a small amount, you can have while you're eating because there isn't enough to cause any problems with the stomach acid. Now, this is what I also give to animals, dogs and cats, all, all animals. And this is, is, that, is that a different product? Is it safe soda and superior soda? Or are, are no, no, this is, this, is filled, this is filtered water. And, mm -hmm. and we put the, we put the, the, the soda because our soda is a powder. It's a right. powder form. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a powder. It's not a, it's not a, um, right. I'm, I'm, I'm so looking we, at it. You've got a, uh, yes. so yeah, we actually put this into the water and to, 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 to dissolve it into the water. So we put bicarb, we dissolve it in the water and all my kids drink bicarb water all day long. And this is what I use for my plants, what I use for, my, for animals as well. Um, okay. That's all. So this basically keeps you at that level once, once you're there. So fascinating. So just to make sure I'm understanding this right, uh, the, the, the dose for getting your body to where it needs to be highly alkalized, high pH is one teaspoon taken four times per day on an empty stomach, which is half an hour before or two hours after meals for yes. people that are dealing with chronic issues. They actually want to start with less because the detox reaction could be quite intense. So maybe they'd start with half a teaspoon and work up to that one teaspoon taken four times per day. And then once you get up to the point where you're kind of, um, you've, you've maximized your alkalinity and your pH, then you stay there for four weeks. Yes. After that four week period, you can go down to doing so what, what, what you do, you which is one, one a day. Yes. Yeah. And that, and that maintains your level because now you've got strength of alkalinity. And, okay. and the reason why it takes that long, because this is your cell. Every cell is surrounded by a fluid. So mm -hmm. everything we breathe in, we, we breathe out of waste. So us human beings, we breathe in oxygen, we breathe out CO2. Your cells do the same thing, as you know. Your cells breathe in oxygen, vitamins, nutrients, you know, and minerals. They metabolize that inside the cell and, what, and they create a waste, which is acids and toxins. So your cell fills up with acids and toxins, and then once it's full, it ejects that into your alkaline fluids to get neutralized because that fluid has got bicarb to neutralize the acid. And mm. to maintain the pH, this is what the buffering system is. Mm. Now, if you, don't, if you don't have enough bicarb out, out here, your cells can't breathe. So what happens now is your cells suck in oxygen, nutrients, vitamins and minerals. It metabolizes that to give you life and give you energy. As your cells fill up with acids and toxins, well, hang on a second, when it goes to eject that into alkaline fluids, well, there's not enough alkalinity to neutralize it. So your cells then lock up. Nothing gets in the cell, nothing gets out of the cell. And it holds on to all these acids and toxins for years. And over time, the more acidic you become, the more cells lock up. All of a sudden, you've got billions of cells holding onto acids, toxins, and waste. Now, at this stage here, your fluid fitness is very, very bad. Very, very, and the more acidic you become out here, it then triggers bacteria, viruses, parasites, because that's your environment. Your cells are locked and can't breathe and can't eject the acids and toxins. So at this stage here, it doesn't matter how much exercise you do. It doesn't matter how much supplements you take or, or, or how good you eat you haven't fixed that fluid outside the cells. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lot of people say to me, well, you know, I've, I've had the best diet my whole life. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I exercise. And how, now I've got cancer. How's that possible? Because even with all that stuff there, you've got nothing to neutralize the acid. So you can still get cancer, even though you've got a healthy lifestyle. You don't drink. You don't smoke. You don't do drugs. You don't do any of these things. You exercise. So how can I have cancer? Because the fluid is still acidic. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. <laughs> Yeah, so, it makes sense. It makes a ton of so, sense, especially like thinking in, in the context of disease states and, and what we know happens in the body. 
That's right. And this is why it takes three to 12 months, an issue, even two years, because as we start to alkalize the fluid outside the cells, your cells then get triggered because, you know, our body's a trigger mechanism. Your, your cells get triggered. Oh, it's a bit of alkalinity. We can release some of the acids or toxins. They release our, some. Our, our, our cells are woke, you're saying. They're woke. They're very woke. Yeah, woke they're cells. They're, they're easily triggered by bicarb. <laughs> exactly right. They're, they're extremely smart, right? And, and yeah, they, have, they have memories. that They, they know yeah. what's going on, which you know. So as you alkalize the outside here, it starts to release the acids and toxins, but your body only does it in its, you know, what your body can handle. So it only releases some of the acids and toxins and closes up. Now it's acidic here again. Keep taking the bicarb, alkaline, and it'll do this for three to 12 months, even longer. Now, as you, when you get to the 240 stage, right, all of a sudden there's no more acid, you know, and when your cells then finally stay open and they don't close and open, that, that, then we know that, the, that there's no more acid dumps. It's all come out and you've alkalized the whole body. And now all of a sudden you can maintain the top level for four weeks consistently. So there's no dropping back down. We know all the acid, all your cells have unlocked. Then you go to one teaspoon per day. And this is what takes the time. We need to give our body enough time to heal itself because we've done a lot of damage to our bodies. Now, the more acidic you are when you start, the more cells are locked and the less of this you absorb. But as you start to alkalize, as more cells start to unlock, the more you will absorb and the quicker you'll get to your goal. So this is how it works. It's, we just have to listen to our bodies again. And it's, it sounds like as the cells become more sensitive and, and, and able to absorb the bicarb, they also become more sensitive and able to absorb oxygen and other nutrients 100%. and compounds. That's exactly, and, and they that's probably right. become more effective at eliminating toxins because the, the signals they're getting is, okay, this is, this is a, an alkaline environment. It's safe for me to dump this stuff. I'm not just going to be polluting, uh, polluting my master. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? It's because nutrients, vitamins, and minerals, they have to be dissolved enough to be for yourself to even absorb them, just like a plant. A plant has, the, the, the soil has to be a specific pH and alkalinity range for the nutrients and vitamins and minerals to even, be, to even be dissolved enough so the roots can actually absorb them. If the soil is too acidic, the, the, they're not dissolved enough. So even though you put nutrients there, the roots can't absorb them and your cells and your body are, are the same. That's why we are alkaline beings. Every fluid in our body is supposed to be alkaline except the stomach acid, mm -hmm. right? Except mm -hmm. the stomach acid. It's the only, only place that should be, that should be acidic. That, that's I, I, it. And, and so once, and just to make sure I'm understanding, you, you kind of do this shock therapy where you're able to maintain the 240 for a month at, at four doses per day. And then once you do that, you go down to one, uh, one teaspoon per day, you add an, uh, an eighth of a teaspoon to like 500 mils of water, which is like 16 ounces roughly for the, for the people listening in, in the U S and, uh, and that's the water that you drink, but it can still take another three to 12 months to really get your cells to their full potential. hundred percent. Yes. We've got to give the body enough time to do so. And this is why diet's very important, of course, because we need to give the cells what they need to regenerate. And this yeah. is the thing, because every cell, every cell um, in your body is, is programmed to die and replace itself. It's called aptosis, which, which you know. Now, in an acid environment, so in a healthy body, the body makes about a billion cells a day and about a billion cells die off. So all the cells are, are, are dying and, and replacing themselves. Now, in an acid environment, you cannot make new cells. So all you've got is cell death. That's the problem. So when you alkalize with the correct diet to give yourself what they need, then you can actually regenerate and actually the body can create new, you know, 
brain new cells. And this is part of the problem because when you're in an, in an acid state with toxins, all you've got is cell death. So if you don't fix that, it doesn't matter how good your supplementation is, how good your diet is, how much your exercise is, you're still going to have cell death because we need to fix that environment so we can regenerate our cells. 100%. And what, what are some of the changes that people experience when they go through this protocol? What are, what are some of the shifts they see physically, mentally, spiritually? Mentally, uh, on, on all levels, uh, yeah, a lot of clients, when they're very acidic, especially with Lyme as well, they get brain fog, they can't think, uh, they, uh, they lose focus, uh, they lose concentration. That just, you know, just aligns straight away. No more brain fog. I'm, I'm, I'm focused, I'm concentrated. Uh, a lot of people say, uh, I'm so tired all the time because when you're acidic, you've got no oxygen. So, you know, that's just how it works. How many times have you heard people say, oh, I can sleep 10 hours a day, I wake up, I'm still bloody tired, I'm so tired all the time because you're highly acidic, no oxygen. So when you alkalize that, people said, I'm not even tired anymore. You know, I used to need eight hours of sleep. I sleep maybe three or four hours a night. That's it. That's my life. With seven kids and five businesses and I'm alkaline, I sleep, sleep three or four hours a night. That's, that's all I sleep because Holy my body is alkaline, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done that for 30 years, for 30, 40 years, just the way that I, you know. So mm-hmm. when you're alkaline, and this is why a lot of people ask, um, one, of, one of the inner side effects lists of bicarb, you might have a frequently urge to urinate. You might get a headache or loss of appetite because of, you know, with the toxins, you might get some headaches. Uh, you might have some stomach cramps. You have too close to food. You might get some diarrhea um, because acid has to come out and the body's got to get rid of it. So you might get a bit of diarrhea. Um, but one of them also is a bit of, a bit of oh, sorry, something bring me. One of them also is a bit of slow breathing. Now, the reason why it's slow breathing, because when you alkalize the body, because it regulates oxygen and CO2 in your body, you don't need to breathe as quickly as people, you know, as you do. So your breathing slows right down. And this is why um, uh, a lot of the deep divers, deep sea divers, I've spoken to a couple of people that do that, and they say that alkalinity is the key to that. That's why they go down. And because if your body's alkaline, truly alkaline, they say, you don't need as much oxygen because your bicarb regulates that. So they go down and they go into a mode that's, um, you know, they just go totally zen and they can mm-hmm. stay on for long, long periods of time without no oxygen because the bicarb regulates that in your body. Mm-hmm. So it, it's incredibly, uh, you know, so there's a lot of changes that happens. Physically, obviously, um, a lot of people have got um, osteoporosis. You know, they, they can't move their shoulder up here because they've, they've had three times calcium scraped out of their shoulders. When you alkalize the body, the calcium dissolves and all of a sudden they can lift, you know. I have people who, whose hands were literally like this. They couldn't do anything. But now, now the ladies like this, they're gardening, they're hang, they can hang the, the, their washing on, on their clothesline now. You know, they actually grab the pegs, which they couldn't do before. Uh, but people that couldn't, like, they couldn't like, play guitar anymore because all the calcification on their knuckles. And now they, they actually came to a workshop of mine, they brought their guitar and played guitar for everybody. So they can play guitar uh, so it's a lot of physical, uh, mental, and spiritual changes that happen because it's all connected. It's all connected, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and we are all connected. For sure, for sure. I love it. I'm I'm sold. I'm gonna. I'm picking up some of the strips and a few bottles of Safe Soda as soon as we jump off. Um, for the people that are listening that want to get their hands on some Safe Soda and maybe even the strips and stuff, what? Uh, What's the best way to do that? And like, typically if to, to, to follow through on this protocol, how many bottles do they want to get? Yeah, well, um, I, I'm regulated to the sizing, right? So I've got, this one here is for, this is one that you ingest. 
This one here is our bath product. So this is for the bath, right? Okay. So if you get, yeah, so this is, this is there are four different levels of pharmaceutical bicarb. Um, mm-hmm. This is a third level down. Now, I have to get this package in pharmaceutical environment in a temperature control, humidity control lab. So, and I'm regulated on sizing, uh, you know, by, by the medical boards. So this is a 450 gram. If, you, if you're on the full dosage, 450 gram, this bottle here will last you about a month. Okay. Once you get up, once you get up to where you're supposed to be, one level teaspoon, this will last you three to four months, right? Okay. So in combination of these, uh, this is we use for children a lot because children, obviously, smaller people, smaller dosages, and if they don't like the taste, children can be very picky. And yeah. so this obviously a bath, you can obviously transdermally, you can you can absorb it through your, through your actual skin, and obviously yeah. doing, doing the small amounts in the water as well, which we do all the time. Uh, you can get that into kids as well, and same as animals as well. I have, we've helped guinea pigs to horses and everything else in between as well. So okay, I, I love it. I love it, and. The loading phase would probably take one, maybe two containers, and then maintenance. Each container is going to last you, call it three months. Three or four months. Exactly yeah, right. Three or four months. Yeah. All right, beautiful. So, um, do you guys do discount codes at all? I do. I do do a discount code, and I'll, I'm going to do a discount code for you guys specifically. Let's, so let's do that. Let's, um, yeah. if we can, let's set up a, a biohacks discount yes. code B I O H A C K S, we'll so do. that by the time this is live. Uh, yep. the people that want to pick it up can, can save some cash, whatever, whatever that is and, um, pick up the strips and kind of know where they're at, get a good idea and then see the improvement over time. And then of course, and, and, and arguably most importantly, feel the improvement over time. Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. um, you know, so yeah, say soda.com.au is, is, is where you go. Now I am looking for distributors, uh, you know, or uh, someone in the U S to, to distribute this because it, it's got to come from over here. And freight, obviously, is a big killer with what's happening around the world with coronavirus, oh, yeah. of course. Uh, and this is why I def- definitely want to help with some sort of discount code so people can sort of offset that bit of that freight as well. Um, yeah. with, we can't really use Australia Post because Australia Post, um, a lot of places have locked down and it's taking sometimes weeks and weeks and weeks. So we use FedEx. We've got a, uh, a deal with FedEx and we can get it over to the US uh, within, three, within three days usually. Uh, nice. But then sometimes there's taxes or duty you know, that the people need, you know, need to pay depending on where, where it goes. But we're going to try and offset that with a bit of discount code for sure. Beautiful. And did you say something after safesoda.com or is that if, if people just uh, type safesoda. in? Safesoda.com.au for Australia. Yeah. Safesoda.com.au. That AU, that's correct. All right, beautiful. And then we'll have the the biohacks discount code set up. Uh, Dean, this has been a lot of fun. I had I enjoyed awesome. our conversation. I've learned a lot too. Thank you. That's cool. Thank you for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. All right, beautiful man. We'll have to we'll have to do it again sometime. Anytime. Thanks, my friend. All right, take care, brother. Bye. What's up, guys? Anthony here. And one of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like living life with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that are holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this now with thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebs, and entrepreneurs is that there is always room for improvement and optimization. So if you're looking for help with this stuff and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with me one-on-one, this program is usually full year-round with a waiting list, but we just had a few spots open up. And I 
wanted to make this available to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So what you want to do if you want to apply is head over to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. Fill out the short application form. And if you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 